Hey, good morning, you guys. Good morning on this Christmas Eve Sunday, the 24th. Uh, I sure hope you're doing amazing and uh, good things are going on in your life and you have family around you this weekend. We're going to be headed to Kentucky to spend time with our kids and all of our grandkids and have a good time. Uh, I hope you're doing well. It's good to be together today on this Christmas weekend and uh, got some things to share with you. Uh, we're trying to love our city the way Jesus loves us. That's that's it. Just we just go out and do that. Love like we're loved by God. Let that be the standard. Let that be uh, the the bar, <laughs> uh, God's bar, not not any other bar. Uh, and we just move toward uh, loving people like we're loved. That's what we want to do. That's what we're striving to do. We are talking about, oh, the joy. And oh, the joy this morning we have as we think about Jesus. Jesus at the center of our joy, at the heart of our joy. He's, he's the one that joy is coming from if it's real joy. And so we want to have that joy in our life. And this is a great word to us uh, as God's people, as Christians, as Paul writing to uh, the Philippians that are, are living the life for Jesus. He's encouraging them. And Paul's joy is, is so full as he writes this letter in Philippians, encouraging them. It's so, so full. Why? Because, because the believers there in Philippi are walking with Jesus. They're living for Jesus. They're sharing the gospel of Jesus. They are they're doing what God called his people to do. They are living their faith right. We need more people. God, I think, is looking on the earth and he needs more people who say they follow him to follow him correctly, to follow him according to his truth and his will and his way not according to the world's way or the culture's way of following Jesus, that hipster way of following. It's not about that. It's about Jesus and living according to his words, his truth. And that's what they're doing uh, in Philippi. In this letter, this letter, it shows us in this letter, as we read through it, it shows us really the heartbeat of our faith. Among all the instruction, among the encouragement, among the cheerleading that Paul has for them, we see the very heartbeat of our faith. Each chapter, Paul speaks about the, the focus of faith and the focus of joy. And so today, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, there's two passages, there's two truths that are going to stand out in this the remaining couple chapters of this letter that are going to point us to what that baby that came 2,000 years ago through Mary and Joseph and, and this, this miraculous supernatural birth of the Son of God on the earth, this, this, these truths that come to us through that child, what they bring. And the first thing that that the baby brings is truth. We think about Jesus in that manger. We think about God sending his only son being born of a virgin. 
And that child, that baby lying there in the manger, we think about that baby and what that baby represents. One of the biggest things that that baby represents is truth. And truth is an umbrella that, 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 that covers lots and lots of different truths that fall under truth. The baby brings truth. And truth is about absolutes. Truth is about the norms of life. Our original intention that God has for us, how we're to live, how we're to act, how we're to think, how we're to supposed to be humans on the earth. God's truth is the way. I don't get to make up truth. I don't get to walk around and say, this is who I am. No, I, I don't get to just make up my own way or invent my own lifestyle or, or decide that I'm something that God never intended me to be. I, we don't get to do that. Now, people do that, but that's not the norm. That's not what God intended. We're to find out what God intended and we're to live according to it, not the way I feel. And Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 3, this great passage of scripture. Look what Paul says. And, and these passages, just remember, they're going to lead us to the cradle. They're going to lead, lead us to that baby lying in the manger and the truth that Jesus not just represents, but the truth that Jesus is. Check this out. But whatever, Paul says, whatever were gains to me, whatever I got that was cool and good, Paul says, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Jesus Christ. Righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, Paul says. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participating in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. That is incredible. This is incredible. In that little cradle, in that little manger, in Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago, God sends to us the truth. The one who would be truth for you and for me. And what is it that Paul wants to know so badly? Paul wants to know the truth. Paul wants to know the truth so that he can line his life up under the truth and in line with the truth. This is why we want the truth. This is why you and I need the truth. So we can now arrange our life under it and not some, some idea of man or some system of the world or some feeling or fad or the latest thing that comes out of New York or California. 
To avoid all that and to line ourselves, Paul wants to know the truth. And, and, and what truth it's, it's, it's miraculous truth, it's powerful truth, and it's no small thing. It is big truth that Paul is talking about knowing. Look what he says. I want to know Jesus. What about Jesus? What about truth do you want to know? Paul says, I want to know the power of his resurrection. I want to know I want to know how I'm going to die and then be raised to life again. I want to know the power. Of, I want to experience the power of the resurrection. And I'm going to hold on to Jesus because he's the only one who has ever raised people from the dead and raised himself from the dead. He is the author and the perfecter of life, and he is the resurrection and the life. And so by holding on to Jesus, Paul knows he's going to get to experience what Jesus said he would, what the truth said he would. And Paul says, I want to know the power of the resurrection. I want to participate in the suffering of Jesus. I want to live my life on this earth. I don't want to indulge so much in the world that I miss out, that I'm, I'm so sucked into the things of the world that I am missing out with participating with Jesus and, and to living for him all in until it costs me everything. And, it, and, I, and I serve him until it hurts. I want to participate, Paul says, in the sufferings of Jesus. This is next level. This is not your ordinary Christian just going to church on Christmas and Easter kind of stuff. This is a guy who wants to live every second of his life together with Jesus. That's not what everybody is doing. I hope, I hope that's what you want. I hope that's what I want in my own life, is to walk with Jesus every second of my life, to know the power of his resurrection, to participate with him in his suffering, and Paul says, and become like him in his death. I wanna, I wanna live my life in such a way that, that everyone knows that this world is not my home. That everyone around me knows that my citizenship is in heaven, not here. That's what Paul wants. I want to I wanna be like him in his death. And the last thing he says, verse 7, he says, And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. And then Paul says, did you notice what Paul says in this previous verse? He says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, whose forsake I have lost everything. I consider them garbage, trash. Everything that the world says is a big deal. Paul is saying, you know what? I had it all. It's all trash. It all amounts to nothing. It's a big false wall of hopes and joys and all these things that the world promises, the devil promises you that if you have all this stuff, your life is going to be amazing. Your life is going to be happy. Paul says, guess what? I now know Jesus and all that other stuff 
is garbage. It's just garbage. It's useless materials that are going to burn in the end. How cool is that? See, the Christmas story is all about the truth. It's all about the truth. In fact, uh, Isaiah wrote in Isaiah chapter 7, thousands of years before, or hundreds of years before Jesus ever stepped on the earth, it's, he wrote this, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel. And so the truth of the matter is, hundreds of years before Jesus ever stepped on the earth, God was already speaking through the prophets, telling of what Jesus would be like who he would come through, where he would be born, how he would be born, all the miraculous things that would happen around his birth. And Isaiah wrote about these things. And the truth that Isaiah wrote happened, just like the prophets said it would. And, and uh, Isaiah goes on to say in chapter 9, For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace. That baby, that baby, Jesus, he is all about truth. Not just representing the truth, but he is the way and the truth and the life. Jesus said, my words our truth. Jesus is all about the truth. He's also all about peace. Peace. He's the prince of peace, right? He is the prince of peace. And so this baby in the manger not only brings truth, but that baby also brings peace. Peace. That's something this world needs to have. Peace on the earth. It's exactly what's missing on the planet. What we have on the earth is turmoil and confusion and hate and conflict and chaos. And what we need on the earth is peace. Now we know that this world is, is headed in the direction that it's going to go because God has already written the story and we already know the end. It's not going to end well with the planet. The devil has hijacked it and it is headed off a cliff for hell. That's where it's going. We already know that. So in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the turmoil, Jesus comes to this earth in the form of a baby. And he not only brings you and me peace, but he is peace. He is peace. And Paul says it like this in Philippians chapter 4. Look what he says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'm going to say it again because it's so important. Oh, the joy. Rejoice. Because we now have this great hope. We're not left here by ourselves. We're not lost and wandering on some island of the planet where we have no hope and we're doomed for destruction. We have this great peace and truth that has come to the earth and we now can have a relationship with God, the creator of all things. Rejoice, Paul says. And again, I say rejoice. Not over your income, not over your stuff, not over your career, not over your retirement plan, not over all the things that you have been able to accomplish on the earth in your, your you know, college degree. 
You can, you can be glad in those things and be happy that you, you did those things. And that's, that's fine for an earthly person and for the earthly side of us and who we are. But in the big scheme of things, in the overarching, the big picture, where eternity is now a part of it all, the earth stuff is so small. Paul says, don't rejoice in all that. Rejoice that you now have a relationship with God and you are heaven bound. That's what we rejoice in. He says, look at verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all. That's how we're to live, like Jesus. Just let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, he says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely or admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, you get these things in your head. You keep these things in your mind. You think about such things. Don't let your mind wander to the things of the world that don't matter. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Paul says, put that into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. This is incredible truth, y'all. This is insane truth. Paul says in verse 4, rejoice always. Rejoice always. And in your rejoicing, whether things are going well for us on the earth or they're not going well for us on the earth, whether there's birth and life and we're celebrating or, or there's death and disease and sickness, Paul says in all of it, because of our hope in Jesus, we're going to rejoice because we know in the end we're going to win with God if we hang on to him. So even in the hardest of hard things, we can rejoice with Paul and with Jesus, the Lord. He says the Lord is near. The Lord is near. He's closer than a brother. He's not far off in some distant place just kind of watching us like wander the planet. He's near. He's right here. He's within talking distance. So, so he says, don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about things. Just pray. Talk to God. Just take time and talk to God. The God of truth and the God of peace. Talk to him so that you can have truth. So that you can understand peace, right? Just talk to God. And when you do this, when you talk to God, look what he says, the God the, and the peace of God, the peace of God, his peace, this peace that transcends our understanding. We, don't, we can't even understand how big it is, how awesome it is, how powerful it is. He says that peace will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. You turn to God and you will have everything you need in life. You turn to the world and you will be lost. You will be confused. You will be angry. You will be caught up in so much turmoil. You'll find yourself 
just in the turmoil, acting in turmoil. You keep your heart and your mind on things above, and God will guard your heart and your mind. Look what he says. The Lord is near. He's, he's not in some distant island not paying attention. In fact, in fact, he left heaven and he came to earth. That's how near he is to us. That he left heaven and he's right here on the planet with them. You and I, we can call on him anytime we want and he hears us. This is his promise to us. Look at verse 8. Look what verse 8 says. He says, finally, whatever's true, the things that are awesome, things that are right and pure and lovely and admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, here's what you do. You get those things on your mind. Keep those on your mind. The things of God, you just keep them on your heart and keep them on your mind. Let the baby in the manger and the truth and the peace that come from him and who he is, let those things saturate who you are. Let that baby become so in you and all that that baby represents and all that he is about. Let that, let that just permeate who you are becoming. Right? And Paul says, verse 9, whatever, whatever you have learned from me, whatever you've received from me, whatever you heard from me, or whatever you've seen me do, my example, Paul's saying, by the way I lived, the way I suffered for Jesus, the things I want in Christ and I'm striving for in Jesus, you put these things into practice. Right? So in other words, stop following the ways of the world. Stop looking to the examples of, of the planet and people on the planet and famous people and dressing like they dress and wearing what they wear and thinking you're cool just because you do. Paul says you put these things into practice. Come away from the world in those ways. Come away from the world. Live out these things in the real world for your own walk in Jesus as a child and as a testimony and a witness to the world. Put these things into practice so that the world will see a good representation of who Jesus is and the God of peace will be with you. Did you catch something in this? This is kind of cool. In verse 7, in verse 7, he says, and the peace of God, and the peace of God, and in verse 9, he says, whatever you've learned, receive from me, put into practice, and the God of peace. He says that two different ways. Did you catch it? The peace of God, the peace that comes from God will be with you, but not just the peace of God, but the God of peace will also be with you. And that's a different thing altogether. That's a power. That's the very presence of the one who made everything. Not just what he made, but who he is, is living in you. He wants to be in you. The baby, the baby doesn't just give us peace, a peace that transcends everything, but he is the peace that lives in us. And that baby doesn't just give us truth, but he is the truth that now lives in us. See, peace, peace, this is what was born on Christmas Day. Peace, peace. And Luke says it like this, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, as you and I would be. 
But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring good news that will cause great joy. Oh, the joy for all of the people everywhere in all times. Today in the town of David, a Savior, the Savior has been born to you, to the world. He is the Messiah. He is the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly a great cloud of the heavenly hosts appeared with an angel praising God. And look what they're saying. Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth Peace, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Peace to anyone, peace to anyone. This isn't God's select few people. This is those who choose to let Jesus Christ be Lord and Savior of their lives. They have allowed God to come in and with, with God comes peace. Peace, this great peace, peace, the peace of God has come to earth. This great peace lying in the manger, that baby is our peace. Jesus came for a lot of reasons, a lot of reasons, to give many, many spiritual gifts to us. But number one, he came to give his life for us so that our sins could be washed away and forgiven and we could have a relationship with the Father. He also came to give us truth and peace. Under this great umbrella of God's great love for you is these two huge boulders of truth and peace. And Paul's encouragement to us is walk in his truth no matter what the world does. And number two, walk in his peace no matter how wild the world gets. It's Christmas time. When we focus on God's generous gift to us. Let me ask you this. Have you considered giving him the only gift that he is seeking from you? God is seeking only one thing from you. One thing. And that's you. He just wants you to come back home to him. Because by sin and through our sin, we have wandered away from him. And we continue to wander. And God is just calling us back home. He's inviting us. He's welcoming you to come on back home. It's not that hard. It isn't hard to come back home. Simply turn and walk to Jesus. Accept him as Lord and Savior of your life. Turn away from your sinfulness, the things you know you shouldn't be doing. Turn away from them. Be immersed. Be baptized into Jesus. Let him wash away your sins. Let him give you his Holy Spirit and fill you with himself. And to the one who gave his all for you, you have the opportunity to give your all back to him. This this is the reason that he came. This is the fruit of truth. This is the fruit of peace. Is that we give ourselves back to the one who not only created everything, but then came and rescued us when we wandered away. Jesus truly is the reason. He is the only reason, not just for the season, 
but he is the only reason that we continue to live and, and move and have our being on this planet. It's because of Jesus that we live. You guys have a great, great Christmas day. And let Jesus, let Jesus just be Lord of all of you. God bless you guys. Have, a, have an amazing week. We'll see you next time.